This is Word on Wayside. Today we're going to be focusing on racism in sport and in particular we're going to be talking about football. Uh, racism in football has been around for years and years as we all know. The biggest the biggest anti-racism campaign that we all have heard of is Show Racism the Red Card which was set up by ex-Newcastle player Shaka Hislop. Former Newcastle United player and still honorary president of Show Racism the Red Card. One of these stories that I've always told and found and formed the foundation for why I started and, and got myself involved in show recently, Red Card, is an incident that related to way back just after I first joined Newcastle United. Right opposite St. James's Park, there was a gas station. I was in there with my wife and my young daughter at the time, filling up with gas, when three or four youths were walking down outside St. James's Park, saw me, a black man in the gas station in Newcastle, late at night, and started shouting racial abuse at me, um, which I, I was trying to ignore and obviously mindful of the fact that my wife and daughter were, were also sitting in, in the car. And, until one of the kids recognized who I was, recognized me as Shaka, his stopped the Newcastle United player, and then the tone changed. They came over or started to come over um, to, to speak with me. Um, and, and it's an incident that set me back quite a lot because on the one hand I'm thinking about my wife and, and, and daughter in the car and my protecting them and on the other I feel desperately disrespected as a black man and then it hits me the power of the individual and more so the power of, of footballers and I use, I've told that story a number of times and it never gets old. I uh, Shaka's story of how in 1996 uh, Shaka was just filling his car with petrol as any normal person would be doing and from a distance he heard he said it was a group of three or four young lads going down the road and they would just start shouting insults at him racist abuse and from this they got a bit closer and were walking up to him still shouting it and as they got really close they realized oh this is the team we support's goalkeeper this is Shaka Hislop, and then they went from shouting racist abuse to wanting autographs and pictures with him. And he's obviously he's bewildered at this point because he's like, 10 seconds ago, you didn't want anything to do with me, you were shouting racist abuse at me, and now, since you know who I am, that's there was completely fine. Now, you just want pictures and you want autographs and you want to talk to me and be friends with me. Like, why is this? And from this moment. Shaka realised he could make a difference in a game with his influence and he did, uh, this, is, this is what he did, he went to show racism the red card and he set up this huge educational company that more than 50,000 individuals per, per year is uh, provided education sessions with show racism the red card along with hosting the UK's largest equality themed school competition. In uh, just this year, in 2023, Shores in the Red Card has surpassed the landmark milestone of engaging one million people in these programmes. So, from that little encounter in 1996, Shakir has managed to create something that has changed the sport forever in terms of the racial abuse that players have received on the street or players have received in the game. And talking about players receiving it other, other from the pitch, you know, now that social media is a big thing, we've got players... Uh, especially on the social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter where 
you can interact and engage with a footballer really easily, specifically through direct messages or on their public posts. Just to name a few players like Jacob Murphy, because he's Newcastle as well as Shaka Slob. Jacob Murphy was getting loads of DMs after a bad performance, or even when he was getting injured, because he's got injured, something completely out of his control. The feel the need for Newcastle fans and normal, just other football fans to abuse him because of his skin colour, because he got injured. I mean, Craig Haranton, that's probably one of the the most craziest things you can ever hear. Some players getting injured, a random thing that no one can control, and he's getting racially racially abused on social media. What the solution to this is? Online abuse, I think it should be easy to stop. You just deactivate the their accounts, and you know we know that it's it's very easy to make four or five accounts, but if if you've got to block them all, then you block them all, and um, I feel like that's on the the actual social media companies themselves, um, Instagram, Twitter. They, if if they see anyone that's being racially abused or um, you know abused in any in any way, they sh- their, their accounts should be deleted straight away, and that's one way of of getting rid of most of it, if not all of it. It is absolutely mental. He's getting racially abused for not scoring a goal every single game, which uh, I don't think that's. I don't think that's quite as easy as it sounds. And players like Ivan Tony, especially if you're a goal scorer like Ivan Tony, if you that pressure is obviously for you to score every game. And if you're not scoring every game, the fans turn your back on you. Like as you can see, he's publicly tweeted on Twitter and publicly shared his thoughts a lot because he is one of the players that checks his messages because he likes to interact with his fans. And when interacting with fans, you always get the minority, and the minority are these people. If if we can call them people who are just so uneducated that they feel the need to be racially abusive to the people that they pay to watch. And you pay to watch these people, you go to watch them, and you feel the need to abuse them because of their skin tone. It makes absolutely no sense. And I feel like recently on social media, over the past, we'll say, three or four years, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger. As as we all remember in America with the passing of George Floyd to what people can only see is just police officers abusing their power and being racist towards him. Like, they've ended up taking a man's life and this started the... This started the... BLM. BLM movement, yeah, thank you. Uh, The BLM movement. And before the games, we got players kneeling before the games, which was... Obviously, it's something that might not be seen as something major that they're doing, but them just taking that few seconds before the game, kneeling, quite, it, it helps with a message because people are like, what are they doing? And when they read about it and they get involved and they learn about it, and even for like just young young people in schools and people growing up, when they learn about these things, they okay, my idols are the football players that I look up to, the football player that I want to be on, are shown that they're against this. I don't want to, I want to be against this as well. And it's, this is before game. People are still complaining about the kneeling before games because they're saying that it's pointless and stuff. But that's not really the the point of it. The point of it is to spread a message to anyone, anyone you can. If you're changing one person, you're changing a hundred people. It doesn't matter. And these footballers are doing it. You have again uneducated people spreading that they don't want this to happen because it's not the sport they grew up with. You weren't kneeling before games. You just play football. You shouldn't be involved in these things. And these are the people that we're trying to educate and. We're talking a lot about people outside of football talking in on people in football, but 
there's people inside football who are still so narrow-minded and being racist. Uh, Tom, do you want to talk about the former Crawley manager, John Yems, and what happened with uh, his situation? Yeah, so uh, John Yems was in charge of Crawley uh, till I think it was last year, and um, a Crawley player came forward and said that John Yems had been racially uh, segregating the changing rooms between the white players and the black players. And um, there was one who even came forward and said that John Yems had racially abused him to his face. Uh, Yems, since that, he's received the biggest ban, like ra- racially um, related ban in football for uh, for what he's done. And he's not allowed back for, I think it was five years or something. It says it was originally 17 months, the FA appealed against that, and now it's been extended up to three years. Three years. And right. I think it says up until now, it is until 5th of January 2026, which apparently people are still unhappy with, so maybe this will be appealed again, it'll go for longer. But yeah, when you think about the people, as you're saying, we've talked about the people outside of football, and that there's still people inside football who are sharing this view, which is it's quite disturbing, to, to say the least. Like... You talk about people who should be like your your manager. It's a person you look up to, the the family, the the, the father figure, the lead you through games, the lead you through training, and the prepare you for the full season. And if they they're viewing you different because you're a different skin tone to them, it makes you like I can't, obviously I can't speak on behalf of them, but it makes you probably not as motivated. You don't want to play for the man, and when you not want to play for the man, you're not you can't put your best foot forward. And if you're not putting your best foot forward, you're not being the best footballer you can, and so on and so forth. It's just it's just a shame to see really inside the sport as well as outside the sport that there's people with these just so narrow-minded and again we'll go back to players like the the bigger to i think i think tom would agree with this uh well it's a bit bold but Vinny, vinicius jr of real madrid he's probably the the most talent one of the most talented if not the most talented person that is a uh, a black player in the world at the moment and he plays for the biggest team in the world Real Madrid and he gets incredible amounts of racist, racist abuse towards him uh, from it's, it feels like weekly now it's whether it's social media or at games like Tom do you want to talk about Vinny and obviously how, how good he is and still no matter what he does he gets racially abused every game by fans and by people who are of the opposing team yeah so uh, Vinny's obviously one of the best players in the world and um, plays for Madrid in Spain and every single game that he plays he gets well not every single game but the majority of the games he plays he's, he gets racially abused by it could be the fans players of the other team and um, yeah he, uh, he stands up against it a lot on uh, like his social media I think he's even set up a charity in Brazil against racism and um, yeah there's uh, there's like there's Chiefs in the in La Liga that um they're putting the blame on Vinny for the abuse that he gets because sometimes when he scores he likes to wind up the opposition crowd but it's not really an excuse for for them to abuse him purely on his skin colour. Absolutely, so. absolutely not. As you say, there's <clears throat> there's never there's never a reason to, and just because he's he's better than the people on your team of football and he helps his team win, that means you have to be racist towards him. At the end of the day, it it is just a game, and these people are performing for the crowd and for the family to make money and go, uh, go home and put smiles on the family faces, the fans' faces. They don't deserve to be abused racially or in any way at all. And we're talking about 
people doing this, but what are the... They're getting quite in... Can, how do I put this? The They're getting banned from stadiums for a little while. They're getting fined. But when does it, when does it stop? Like, when are people... If clearly it's not enough because people are still doing it as i say here with the vinicius junior situations four men were fined uh sixty thousand euros and banned from sports venue uh venues for two years because they're hanging a banner saying madrid hates real hates real uh an inflatable black effigy in the replica of vinnie's number 20 shirt on a bridge near uh, real's facilities uh that's when he played atletico madrid and there were three other people in other games. Uh, Valencia, they were fined 5,000 uh, euros and banned from sports uh, venues for a year. And clearly this is not putting people off being racist and being disrespectful. So it comes to what can what can football do more to try and prevent this? Which it's it's quite it's quite hard because you, you're putting this... I think it all comes from edu- education and people being learned to show this. And obviously, you can't. People have have this view for years and years, and it's run through families and so what and so forth. But if we can, if we can really crack down on this and we keep spreading the the, the charity, show racing red card, for example, kick it out another charity which is doing really good things for the sport. If we can keep with the funding of these th- things, getting it through schools, which show racing the red card, we're doing the. As we said, the charity is doing so much educational stuff. If we can keep pumping this through schools and spreading the message across the world globally, hopefully we can put an end to this just quite horrible things that are going around to to the players and to people outside the sport just for defending players and everyone being racially abused. But I think that's about time for everything we had today. Uh, thank you Tom for being with me today and hopefully you enjoyed listening and you took something from this and you can also help spread the awareness of you know, there's probably not people that you know but there is people somewhere being racist to someone and if we can condemn this if we can help spread the message of not being racist and being respectful to everyone hopefully we can we'll we'll, we'll ne- it'll, it'll never it'll never be gone but we can get it as minuscule as possible when no one is racially abusing anyone else so thank you for listening thank you tom for being with me again Cheers, mate. and we'll see you next time